Hello, everyone, and welcome back to D-Beck's Fantasy Football Podcast. We are broadcasting live from the bedroom here in beautiful uh, West Roseville, California. So, first of all, have to give a huge props to the uh, Travis Sailing slash Eric Wilson joint. I hope that becomes a weekly thing. Very, very well done. I feel it's kind of a yin and yang, kind of a uh, black and white, kind of an up and down fire and ice here where I can do uh, one style and then uh, Travis and Eric can do the other. So very, very well done. Just wanted to say thank you for doing that. So Travis Sailing uh, here for the pod is choosing Mike Evans as his breakout player of the week. He'll be going against the Carolina Panthers defense. Got nothing last week. But you got to know it's going to be an aberration. Mike Evans, one of the top five wide receivers in this league. And even with getting nothing last week, he still is in the top six of red zone targets here in the NFL. So you expect him to definitely go off here coming forward. So a good pick there by Mr. Sailing. So let's take a look here at week six. This is the preview. So no work for me tomorrow. So I did have a gin and tonic. Hopefully that loosens me up here a little bit. So our first matchup here is myself, of course, against the Lindsay Bones. You've got to start with Dave Beck's matchup. There's just simply no doubt about it. So I'm projected with a 58% to 42%. Like Russell Wilson here going against Cleveland, looks like the Cleveland defense is not quite as vaunted as we thought they might be. Maybe the loss of safety Dribble Real Peppers could be a part of that. And Miles Garrett not quite getting the pass rush that you would expect from number one overall pick. I do like Russell Wilson here in this game. He's expected to get 20 points. Russell Wilson... It could be argued might even be a top consideration for most valuable player over uh, Patrick Mahomes and even possibly Christian McCaffrey. Russell Wilson really showing how underrated of a performer he is at the quarterback position. Keenan Allen projected to get just a shade over 11 points. Should have a nice game here against the Steelers. Robert Woods... And my revolving door, like you're going through the uh, the Park Central Hotel there in New York City with the revolving door with the uh, doorman out in front. Which receiver are you going to play? Going to try Robert Woods this week. Like the matchup here against the Niners. I feel like the Niners definitely should win this game. But I do like Woods, especially um, with wide receiver Brandon Cooks in the concussion protocol. Michael Gallup has looked good here. Uh, really built a nice rapport with quarterback Dak Prescott, especially before he got injured. He's projected to get eight points here. I like him this one. And Christian McCaffrey... Was listed a questionable. That questionable tag has been taken away. So it looks like he will suit up. I believe that's in the London game. Those London games are really, really weird. Look what the Raiders did last week. They were able to pull out a win in that London game. But I do like McCaffrey here against Tampa Bay. And Joe Mixon still has not made it into the end zone here uh, this year. But didn't look a little bit better last week. Getting just over a shade over 90 yards rushing. Chris Carson listed as questionable. But should be able to go against the Cleveland Browns. If he's not, it's going to be the San Diego State bell cow Richard Penny getting the call. And let's take a look at the Bones. The Lazy Bones. And let's take a look. Record, I believe they are 2-3. and three. So the Bones and myself, big game for both of these teams. The Bones, Aaron Rodgers, definitely has not gone to expectation for this season. He has just a shade under 18 points. Stephon Diggs, what's going to happen here? Really, I think just kind of seems uh, perturbed there in Minnesota. And they're really tossing the ball Adam Thielen's way. And Stephon Diggs definitely not getting the opportunities that you thought after such a breakout season last year. Jarvis Landry, been kind of a slot guy. Um, the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield have just really, really struggled passing the ball this season. I don't love Landry in this one. Mike Williams having to play. As his usual starter, Philip Dorsett, is out with injury. Same in the tight end position. He has two tight ends that are injured. It's going to be Evan Ingram is injured. And his other tight end that he must have dropped, because I know he had somebody else. I can't remember who it was, but he's not playing as well. And it's going to be um, Jason Witten, the former Monday Night Football commentator, playing at tight end for him. Pretty close matchup this week. I like Nick Chubb against, well, against Seattle. I don't know. Seattle's got a pretty stout run defense. 
Dalvin Cook has been absolutely fantastic, and that Philadelphia Eagles defense has not been strong. I do like Cook in this game, but I'm going to take myself. It's a big game for me, I think, especially if Christian McCaffrey plays, if Chris Carson plays. I like the Gerbex over the Lazy Bones, 115-106. to The Denver Anson Orby is taking on the Van Buren boys. <coughs> so the Van Buren boys only projected to score 78 points in this game. He starts the handcuff, Mr. Hillman, the running back. We're watching the game, and I thought it was Ronnie Hillman for a minute, the old uh, San Diego State running back. But no, it's John Hillman. Donnie loving those New York Giants running backs this season. But the injury to Saquon Barkley, the injury to Wayne Gallman, you got to get Mr. Johnny Hillman in there. And big John Hillman not really doing very well. It's a live podcast during the Thursday night game. That's kind of fun, realizing that. And it's really hard. You know, you play those Thursday night games, and you get a guy that gets nothing. It's so freaking frustrating. It's awesome when it works out, but I feel like, especially speaking from my own experience, the guys never perform on Thursday night games, and you are absolutely blanked heading into the Sunday. But Hillman not done much here. He is projected only scored 70 points, but he does not have a kicker going, and the same with the Never Answered Norbies, who have not chosen on their defensive unit. For the Norbies, he gets a waiver wire pick of the week, getting the Everett, the tight end there from the uh, LA Rams. Should have a good game here. Alvin Kamara and Tyreek Hill getting his first start of the year. So if Tyreek Hill becomes anything, the never answer Norbies might run away with the championship. Tyreek Hill has not played at all due to suspension. If he is anything, like I said, you got Alvin Kamara, you got Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, and Godwin, two of the best receivers in the league, and kind of a patchwork team that Never Answer Norbies have uh, put together, but a very, very good squad. The Van Buren boys, like I said, they're going to struggle with Hillman not getting much. Zach Ertz, it looks like he's getting building a little bit of rapport here with quarterback Carson Wentz, was able to get, to get into the end zone last week. In the receiver position, Smith-Schuster, he's been struggling. I mean, if you look at those Steelers quarterbacks, Roethlisberger's hurt. Mason Rudolph was two-way, was about close to being killed on that play there last week. So I don't love Smith-Schuster, even though uh, DJ Moore is built. We also report there with uh, backup quarterback Kyle Allen. Kenny Galladay coming off the bye should look good here in this one. And Matt Breida, I be, there's some sort of stat I heard on a podcast where going back to last season, the last few games of the year, and then heading into this season, has the best yard per carry in the NFL. I think it's like five and a half or some crazy stat like that. And it's true. I feel the 49ers with Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida have a real thunder and lightning connection a la Tiki Barber and Ron Dean back in the day for the New York Giants. Just got the Thursday night game on, just got the Giants on the brain, I guess. But... I think with Hillman not doing much, you got to give the edge to the Never Answer Norbies. I like the Never Answer Norbies and Eric Wilson in this one, 110-93. to All right, our third matchup is Mr. Travis Sainling against Mr. William Witherow. That freaking defense for the New England Patriots, are you kidding me? 27 points. Look at this. They have scored, as a defense, 10 points, 37 points, 14 points, 25 points, 14 points and 27 points. Six weeks. They have not scored less than 10. They are averaging in the mid or low to mid 20s as a defense. I don't think I've ever seen it where a defense is carrying your team. I, and you got to have to Travis Sailing. Picking up the New England Patriots defense, I'm not sure if he drafted them or if he picked them up uh, later afterwards. I can't remember that for a back, but what a move. The New England Patriots defense is one of the top 10 scoring entities in fantasy football this season. Absolutely unbelievable. Josh Gordon has done nothing in this game, left with injury, but having that 
head up of a 27-point lead with your defense. Unbelievable. Now for Mr. William Witherow, James White in this game has gotten four and a half points, so he hasn't done much. Look at the rest of his roster. I do like Williams. Damian Williams definitely is the bell cow for that Kansas City Chiefs rushing attack. And if you take all that kind of forehead hydra that they have in the backfield, I think Williams is definitely the, uh, the top player them for, uh, for them. DeAndre Hopkins, you expect him to do a little bit better here for the Houston Texans. I think that... Um, Will Fuller, you're not going to expect him to get a three-touchdown, 200-yard performance like he was able to get last week. You do expect him to do a little bit better in this one and to kind of build that rapport that he has with Deshaun Watson. Mari Cooper has been very, very solid in the wide receiver position for the Dallas Cowboys, catching passes from Dak Prescott. And Devontae Adams, you know, coming back from an injury, we'll see what he was able to do. He was <laughs> targeted a ton of times when he was able to when he was uh, playing a couple weeks ago there with Aaron Rodgers. So... Sailing is projected. It's a 70% to 30%. Odell Beckham Jr., you got to expect him to get more than like three points. I think the last two weeks he's gotten minus three. Or not minus three, but he's gotten three points or less in the last two weeks. I expect him to do much better in this one. Patrick Mahomes in the quarterback division. He starts Mahomes. Tom Brady, just got, I think, just got a rushing touchdown. So he's got 20 points. But Mahomes and Brady, that two, that back-to-back combination, probably the best one-two quarterback punch we have seen in fantasy football on a roster in a really, really long time. So you've got Mahomes, you've got Connor, you've got Freeman, you've got enough. If your defense scores almost 30 points, <coughs> you can afford to have a stinker of a game like he's getting right now from Josh Gordon, who's just going to shade under one. And for the Witherow, I mean, he's really got to pick it up. DeAndre Hopkins has to have a monster game. Amari Cooper does. I just don't like Witherow's running backs. You look at Royce Freeman, Damian Williams. There's just too many guys to get the ball there for Kansas City. I really like Travis Sealing in this one as my lock of the week. I think he wins it 115 to 86. All right, so our next matchup here is between you're just mashing it and the flakes. <laughs> so you're just mashing it is projected 98 to 92. So very close. Sony Michelle's had an okay game. Eight and a half points here in this one. He has 20 carries for 58 yards and three uh, targets. Two catches for 27. I don't think I've ever done a pod during a game. Kind of fun. So, Sony Michelle, we'll see what happens <coughs> with the Patriots to lead. Well, we got about four minutes left in this game. If they do get the ball back, expect Sony Michelle to maybe get one or two more points. He's definitely going to be grounding and pounding it all the way forward. So, he was projected to get nine. So, he's a little bit shade under the projection. For the Flakes, Todd Gurley projected to get 12 and a half against the Niners. It'll be interesting what happens to that one. And Jordan Howard, very shockingly to me, I kind of spent a high pick on running back Miles Sanders, but Jordan Howard has shown that he's the bell cow for the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward. Greg Olson, it's been kind of up and down season. We'll see what he's able to do. And Melvin Gordon the third. what did he do last week? I'm not sure. All right, three and a half points, so not much. Looks like they're still really going with Austin Eckler. He has to start, though, Melvin Gordon, just very talent-wise. If you look at the rest of his roster, and because of bye weeks and Josh Jacobs not being able to play, uh, John Brown not being able to play, kind of a bye week thing. Saquon Barkley, this is out. Like I said, for the Flakes moving forward, if Melvin Gordon is able to do anything at all, <laughs> you have a team with arguably three first-round picks. If you take Saquon Barkley, you take Todd Gurley, and you take Melvin Gordon, you arguably have three first-round picks on that roster for Mr. Uh, Alex Norby, and it could be a stud moving forward. DJ Chark has been excellent. He has a way of picking wide receivers. I remember that year, I believe he started 0-6. The reason he was the champ- won the championship was because of the acquisition of Giants wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Looking to do that with DJ Chark and possibly Will Fuller. So could have built a little powerhouse here. It would be interesting to see. George smashing it, Adam Thielen and Michael Thomas. I played him last week. Poor Murble. 
scores 133 points and loses. <coughs> it was a really, really high-scoring week last week. I believe we had four teams that scored at least 130 points. Thomas and Thielen had career games. There's no way that's going to happen again. Jimmy Garoppolo against the Rams. Now, I would say the Rams have a pretty damn good secondary, but you were able to see what horrible James Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to do against the Rams, and they carved him up. So, yeah, who knows in this one. I do expect to get George Kittle into the end zone. I hate to say it, but when Debo Samuel is your flex, I just don't like it at all. I like Alex Norby in this one, 126 to 113. All right, our last matchup here is between Ian Sullivan's fetish and the Roto Studge. Julian Edelman having a nice game here. He has 14 targets, 9 catches for 113 yards. Has not gone into the end zone, but if you don't get the end zone, but you get at least over 100 yards, that's going to be a nice little uh, push there for your wide receiver. DK Metcalf has looked pretty good. The Studs have surprisingly been kind of a sleeper team and have played really well this season. McLaren was a good pickup. Metcalf was a good pickup. He's starting two rookie wide receivers who generally rookie wide receivers don't do anything, but you got McLaren, you got uh, DK Metcalf. Both of them have really done well so far this year. You got Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones. Maybe the best two one-two running back combination league over <laughs> slightly ahead of Donnie's uh, Marlon Mack and David Johnson. And I like him in this one. And Travis Kelsey against Houston. I like him to get the end zone. He picked up Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balaj, all those Miami Dolphins running backs have just been absolutely terrible. And especially when the Dolphins are so bad, they can't run the ball because they're getting crushed. But Kenyon Drake, I kind of like him in the flex this week as they're playing the equally hapless and winless Washington Redskins. And Kenyon Drake could have a nice little game here in this one. Disley, the tight end for Ian Sullivan's finish, is a projected score just a sane under seven points. I like him. And Mark Ingram... Projected to score 13 points from the flex. Leonard Fournette with 13 points. <clears throat> you know, I haven't really mentioned Ian's running backs. He's got three stud number one running backs. Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, and Mark Ingram. The thing about Fournette and Henry is they're not pass catchers. They're kind of straight-up running backs, but they're very good. Ian Sullivan's Svetich, I would say, out of every team in this league, uh, is kind of the sleeper team every year. He's in it. Never totally out of it. <laughs> Always in the mix. And he makes good moves. I like Fournette. Henry and Ingram. Disley was a good pickup. Chris Siemley, he kind of got burned so far in the Will Fuller trade. But it's only one week. Who knows what, what happens moving forward. Uh, Julio Jones. What has he done this year? Let me check Julio Jones. All right. He had a couple pretty good games. <coughs> I had Julio last year. Just got to check on my boy. He did have a game of 22 points and a game of 18. Phillip Rivers was not able to do much last week. But I expect him to be a little bit better here against the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. So I am going to take... Let's see, it's a 50% projection to 42. You get a nice little push there for Julian Edelman from the studs. I like Ian in this one. Ooh, do I want to go Tristan back and forth, back and forth? Mm. Tristan in upset. I'm going to take the studs. I think the studs win it, but it's very, very close. I actually really like both of these teams moving forward. Like I said before, <coughs> well, first of all, my projection, I like the studs 110 to... Uh, a little bit higher than that, 125 to 115. If you look at the league, so right now, let's kind of see what we got going on. So it is the Never Answer Norby's at 5-0. and It's Travis Sailing at 4-1. and It's myself at 3-2. and Then it's Donnie at 3-2. and Then you look at the teams that are 2-3. and It is William Witherow. It is Tristan. And it is Alex Norby. And William Witherow. And Ian Sullivan's finish. Oh, my God. So no team is 1-4. It is Johnny Merble 0-5. Johnny Marvel is a two-time champion in this league, so a very, very good fantasy competitor. Just kind of, he's going a little Niner heavy. I know it's kind of a thing you want to do when you're a fan, but it's kind of hurting him right now. 
I mean, he's got four Niners. He's got Tevin Coleman. He's got George Kittle. He's got Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's got Debo Samuel. So that could be hindering him a little bit. But, hey, never count him out. He's a hell of a fantasy competitor. But it's John Murble at 0-5. Like I said last week, I see nine out of ten teams still going into week six with a legitimate chance to win. How many times do I think we said that? You know, we're, we're into it now. We played five weeks. And you have nine of ten teams with a legitimate chance to make the playoffs and a legitimate chance to make some noise. And the other thing is, I mean, the, I don't know. The Never Answer Norbies, they look tough to beat. Like I said, if Tyreek Hill comes back at all with the rapport that he had with Patrick Mahomes last season, I think Eric could run away with it. I really do. Cooper Cup has been outstanding. Godwin's been outstanding. The only things that could hurt him is that if Melvin Gordon becomes any part of that offense with the Rams, that could be tough. Honestly, talent-wise, I hate to say it, but I think talent-wise, it kind of looks like Eric and Alex look like the teams that have the most talent on the roster, but there's a lot of ifs. I mean, you look at Alex, is Melvin Gordon going to become the Melvin Gordon of old? Is Todd Gurley not going to get hurt? So there's a lot of question marks there, but if you just look talent-wise, those might be the two top teams in the league right now. But then the Eric is kind of the same thing. What happens with Melvin Gordon? What happens with Austin Eckler? So now both of those guys might not be the number one. <laughs> it could be a little bit of a share. There's an if with Tyreek Hill. Is he going to be the receiver that he was before? But we'll have to wait and see. But like I said, those kind of look like the top two teams uh, in the league right now, just in uh, just talent-wise. So moving forward, it's going to be a hell of a fantasy football season. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. Thanks again for uh, Travis Sailing to put in his uh, going off player of the week, and that is Mike Evans. He has Mike Evans going off. I don't know if I caught a point projection, but I figure he says it's going to be at least 15 points, so we're going to hold Travis Sailing to that. Travis Sailing says it's Mike Evans. He didn't score zero last week, so any improvement. I'm not sure what if he scores five. Does he get a going off the week? I don't know, but again... If anyone has a segment they want to throw into the pod or throw a little uh, version of the pod themselves, uh, I would love to see it. Maybe something like Donnie Applegate's um, Breakout Player of the Week or Alex Norby's Flex Appeal or whatever it is. Go ahead, send that in, and we'd love to hear it. So this is Dave Beck signing off saying good luck and good fantasy football, and we'll catch you next time here on the, we're going to call this the Big Don's Fantasy Football Podcast Network. We have Dave Beck's Fantasy Football Podcast, and we've got ENT's. Was it trash? I can't remember. What did they call it? It was ENT's. Let's see. Look it up. I can't do it because I'm on the app, but it was ENT's um, Burn Podcast or something like that. So hopefully you have some more coming forward. All right. Dave Beck signing off, saying good luck, good fantasy football, and we'll check you next time. <laughs>